2: Visit by a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
3: Hey folks, today's Monday, January 29th, 2024, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Start Network from Stewart, Florida, where I participated in today's uh, Reggie Jackson Mr. October Foundation Celebrity Golf Classic. Uh, We'll show you who the winner was, a prominent rapper from H-Town. A California judge has ordered the Los Angeles Police Department to destroy photographs that were taken during a search of the home of a lawyer for a Black Lives Matter leader who has filed a lawsuit against the police department. We'll talk with activist uh, Malina Abdullah, uh, as well as her attorney as well, about this strange, strange development. Folks, a Florida congresswoman uh, bragging about money that's coming to her district from the infrastructure uh, plan that was passed by President Joe Biden. Slight problem. She voted against it and kept trying to take credit. But (laughs) the Florida journalists would not let her get away with her lies. Also, folks, uh, we'll tell you how several U.S. historians uh, have filed a brief calling for Donald Trump to be removed from the presidential ballot in violation of the 14th Amendment. Also, Vice President Kamala Harris was speaking today uh, during her uh, giving a speech regarding reproductive freedom, uh, and she was interrupted by protesters—a common occurrence lately for President. For her, President Biden, even former Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And in Wichita, Kansas, police are searching for the vandals who stole a Jackie Robinson museum—excuse uh, me, a Jackie Robinson sculpture—sawing off the feet and stealing the rest of uh, the sculpture, folks. So we'll talk about that and other news right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Blackstone Network. It's time to bring the funk. Let's go.
4: He's got whatever the miss he's
0: on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fat, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on top And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics.
3: Last week, officers with the Los Angeles Police Department conducted a raid on the home of attorney Dermot Givens. He is the attorney for Black Lives Matter movement activist uh, Melina Abdullah. She has filed, of course, a lawsuit against uh, the police department. She's suing them for a 2020 incident where she was forced out of her home at gunpoint after receiving a hoax call about a hostage situation. Now, during this search, uh, attorney Gibbons saw an officer photographing documents that were left on his kitchen table that were related to the lawsuit. Well, a judge has ordered the LAPD to get rid of the photographs of legal documents that officers allegedly took during the unannounced raid. Joining us right now uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered is Melina Abdullah and Attorney Dermot Gibbons. Glad to have both of you here. So, Attorney Gibbons, I want to start, start with you. First of all, why was your home being searched? That's the mystery we want to get to.
5: They said it didn't have anything to do with me. They allegedly were searching for somebody who stole something and they were tracking an Apple Air tag that they said was in my home. None of this, they didn't give me a copy of the warrant. Wait,
3: wait, 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 and they, they, so they had the Apple AirTag of said person. No. <laughs> That's what I asked them.
5: No, they didn't. Well, they, they can lie, but they told me when I asked, I, I asked the same questions you would ask. I didn't get an answer.
3: So, okay. So did they have a search warrant?
5: Yes. Did they give it to you? They gave me a couple pages of it, not the important part.
3: (laughs) No. So the answer is no. You're an attorney. I'm sure sure you've seen a search warrant before. So what did they leave out? Uh,
5: The declaration of what the police said to the judge as to why the judge would sign off on the warrant. That's the lie that we need to find out. What did they say?
3: So that wasn't a part of what they handed you? No. (laughs) All right. So if they were allegedly looking for a person, did they they articulate to you why they were looking for that person? And they said that person stole something? Like what?
5: I don't know. (laughs) But they showed me the picture of the person which I assume was in the warrant, but that's not in the part that they left with me. So I can't show that to you.
3: So they showed you a picture of the person. Was it a man or a woman they was allegedly looking for? Uh, a young young man. Okay, so um, if you're looking for a person, why are you photographing things? If you're looking for a person, I would think you are opening doors, going into rooms, looking under the bed for a grown person.
5: I, I would assume so, too.
3: Um, M- M- Melina, um, first of all, all of this sounds uh, very strange, extremely fishy, uh, especially the part of them photographing items on the table that, oh, just happened to be related to your lawsuit against the LAPD?
6: Yes, it's beyond strange. It's beyond strange. I I don't think it could possibly be coincidental that the attorney who's representing me in an LAPD case for them swatting me was essentially swatted himself and the um, information that they collected included photos of my case file. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that it's beyond uh, the realm of coincidence that it's it's unimaginable um, that it would be coincidental. And I think it shows how corrupt LAPD can be, that they swatted the attorney who is suing them on my behalf for swatting them, for swatting me.
3: Um, It it is. I mean, this is kind of basic um, attorney givens and they would do it to an attorney as if you're not smart enough to understand what's going on here. Um,
5: You never underestimate the stupidity of the police. Let me just say that. Uh, I, as I sit here right now, I can surmise and speculate as to what happened, but as you said, pointed out, getting that declaration of what the police said to this judge, because I hope the judge wasn't that stupid, which can happen, because they rubber stamp anything, but there has to be something in that declaration that's the big lie that connected me, my house, to whatever they were doing, which we don't know.
6: And you lived in your house for 20 years, right?
5: Over, over 20 years. They and they know where I live. And that's no, I've, I've sued them, <laughs> we had major cases against them before. For the LAPD to say they don't know, it's like you know, like uh, Dr. Abdullah. They know where she lives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and
3: to get and, a and, warrant. And then they to- sent, they sent a. Du- right, right, right. First of all, explain to people how that works in order to obtain a warrant? Uh,
5: A police officer has to write down
3: in a declaration
5: and articulate facts that he knows a crime has occurred and whatever the warrant is for, that this warrant will lead to evidence to solve that crime. Then they have to take that to a judge, which a judge then has to find probable cause that yes, what this officer said is true and is probable cause that a crime has been committed, and the person or place that they need to search is most probably involved in that crime. Then the judge signs off on a warrant. Then the police can then go execute the warrant. Obviously, what, what I'm as a friend My mine told me, I'm not involved. Otherwise, I would have been arrested. <laughs> my house right. wasn't involved. Otherwise, they it... would have taken evidence out of my house.
3: The only and thing and what I'm confused out by of is... my house
5: were the pictures of Dr. Doctor Ardula's case.
3: And so if, if you're looking for a person, why are you ransacking a house? Uh, why are you literally... Emptying drawers, opening your safe, and going through your briefcase. What what was the person hiding in your briefcase? I I
5: couldn't tell how large the person was. All they showed me was a picture. I don't know.
3: <laughs> so so, That's what we so a, 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 a spokesman. So a spokesman for the um, um, for the police department. Uh, they gave a statement to the. Um they give a statement to uh either the Associated Press or LA Times. Give me one second. Uh, oh here it is. I love this. So this is an open criminal investigation as well as an internal affairs investigation, according to Captain Kelly Muniz, uh spokesman for the LAPD. A, a, a criminal investigation? I I have no clue. <laughs> I have no answers. For what's you. What, what? What's your what's your next step? Are, are you uh, can you do you have to file something? Can you can you demand? Can, I mean, clearly, if they search your house, they have to actually supply you with the actual search warrant. Uh, it's been uh, it's been what two or three days, and they still haven't done that. They have not given you the full search warrant.
5: No. And that's what we did on Friday. We At, went to. A judge. Right. And that's when the judge ordered them to give it back. So we'll give them a few days and then we'll, you know, hopefully they'll turn it over.
3: And if not, I mean, would you have Uh, to sue them to
5: get it? No, no, they're under a court order right now to turn it over. Other than that, they'll be they will be in contempt of court with with the court.
3: And they can be sanctioned. So when you went to court on Friday, when you went to court on Friday and the judge ordered the documents to be destroyed. um, First of all, did the judge give a process to do so other than, hey, scouts honor, we destroyed them. No. And
5: and you're you're missing. They're supposed to turn it over or destroy it and also give me a copy so I can see what what they what the photos were. So not just destroy it, but it. Uh, also give me a a, a copy of it. Um, the judge, because this is so basic, the judge didn't have to say, "Go to the police officer who took the pictures and get the get the camera, and get the copies of the I mean, it's that basic. But what the city attorney is going to do? Obviously, there's going to be a lot of cover up in this internal affairs investigation or whatever. And they're gonna stonewall or whatever, but eventually we'll get it.
3: Uh, Molina, uh, and if we it, don't, it, it, it that's gonna clear. say more yeah. for
5: for Doctor Molina's case <laughs> if they don't give it to us.
3: Right, and I now, mean- that was the point I was about to make, Molina. Um, M- 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 it's clear the LAPD, first of all, a dozen cops roll up on your attorney's home. Oh, there's a GPS tracker, and we're looking for a Tyler. <laughs> I mean, come on
6: right and and <laughs> for them to photograph my case file, right? The damage is done in my view. If they photographed the case file, they've read the case file. that informa they already have the information in the lawsuit against them. It's already tainted. I don't really know how we can. Um, make this right. We know the history of policing in L.A. County. We know that L.A. County sheriffs refused to destroy photos after the Kobe Bryant um, helicopter crash, right, that this is um, something that they do with regularity is take photos of things that they shouldn't have and then keep them. So I'm sure that they're going to be using it um, in their side of the case. And I don't know what we could do. How do you prove that something doesn't exist?
3: Wow! But also in that uh,
5: incredible. Well, Roland, let let me say this: Doctor Molina's case is so cut and dry and so strong that they can do whatever
3: they want. We're gonna get them.
6: Thank you. I believe you.
3: (laughs) Well, certainly keep us abreast uh, of what happens next. Uh, This is uh, certainly uh, unbelievable. Uh, has, and, and, I, and I take it, obviously, uh, y'all have uh, reached out to uh, the police chief uh, and the mayor uh, demanding answers uh, to all of this, correct?
5: I Well, me personally, no, because I wouldn't believe a word they would say to me because before they did this investigation, they should have reached out to me and said, hey, Mr. Gibbons, Something's in your house. Can we come? You know, but the communication right now is going to be
6: through the court. The mayor's been informed, All but right we then. also are in a situation where the police chief is retiring at the end of the month. So it's very convenient timing for accountability, right? There is
3: there is no, no accountability.
6: Is on his way out anyway.
3: All right then. Uh, Dermot, Melina, uh, we appreciate y'all joining us. Keep us abreast of what happens next. Thank we'll you. We'll get that warrant. <laughs> okay. Have a good day. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate it. Get that warrant. Thanks a lot, folks. Got to go to break. We come back more. I'm rolling my non-filter right here on the Black Star Network. Check us out, folks. Uh, be sure to uh, download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV. Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Uh, and, of course, you can also uh, support us in what we do by joining our Brenda Funk Fan Club. you check checking money order, P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037. 196 Cash App, Dollar Sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal, R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is R.M. Unfiltered. Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. We'll be right back.
4: Next on The Frequency, we have an incredible conversation with my guest, Nadira Simmons, talking about her new book, First Things First hip-hop ladies that changed the game. The founder of GumboNet tells us the stories behind the women in hip-hop. Starting with the first woman that promoted the hip-hop party to Megan Thee Stallion. There's even a chapter on me. Thank you so much yes. for including me in there. It's just so I'm like, like you, know you had to be in there. Yeah. That's next on The
7: Frequency on the Black Star Network.
4: On a next A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, we're going to be talking about common sense. We think that people have it, know how to use it, but it is something that people often have to learn. The truth is most of us are not born with it and we need to teach common sense, embrace it, and give it to those who need it most, our kids. So I always tell teachers to listen out to what conversations the students are having about what they're getting from social media and then let's get ahead of it and have the appropriate conversations with them on Next, A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, here at Black Star Network.
0: Trudy Proud
4: on the Proud Family, Louder and Prouder on Disney Plus. And you're watching Roland
0: Martin Unfiltered.
3: Oh my God, there is nothing like busting somebody on live television. It's delicious. It's lovely. It's amazing. In Florida, a Republican congresswoman was thoroughly embarrassed by lying. Maria Elvira Salazar was trying to take credit for infrastructure money coming to her district. Well, Jim Defeat of CBS Miami station, he was having none of it. And my man took it to her with some basic fundamental facts. This y'all is glory.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide
1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
8: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls Offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.
9: Last month, you were at FIU, and you presented a check for $650,000 to help small businesses at FIU. But you voted against the bill that gave the money that you then signed a check for and handed and had a photo op, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, right? You voted against that bill.
7: I, I, right now, you have to give me more details, but I do know that every time I have an opportunity to bring money to my constituents, I do so. I, well, just, you remember, did four, you, I just did $400,000. But look— Well, you, but you voted against—you voted against the Chips and Science Act, right? Listen, I, right now I need to, I need to ask my staff, why do no, don't we look at the $40 million that a, I have brought to this community? No, Aren't you proud of me? Aren't you proud of the $40 million but that how much, I brought? Aren't much? you proud that I wrote the Dignity Act, haven't I? Let's talk about the Americas wait, Act. Wait, wait, wait
9: a second. Let me, one second. Tell me. The money that you talk about, the $40 million that you bring back to the district, Sometimes that money comes from bills that you voted against. You voted against the CHIPS Act, and yet you praise the fact that the South Florida Climate Resilience Tech Hub is gonna be started in Miami, right? You voted against the infrastructure bill, and you talk about all the money that comes back to the airport. So at the same time that you're taking credit for the money that you bring back to the district, in Washington, you're voting against these projects on party-line votes.
7: Listen, I that was I think last cycle. I cannot really remember right now, but just uh, look, be, let's look at the America's Act, which is what I'm going to vote. So you what don't want like to
9: explain why I, you I vote really against them. I mean,
7: right now, and I'm not trying to be a politician. Is so many bills that I've introduced that I know that no, no, many of them. These are bills that I you mean, voted against. That I the, understand, and but it's okay. Sometimes I vote bills. and sometimes I don't. But let's look at the positive. Let's look at the 40 million dollars that I brought.
3: Um, I'm not trying to be a politician. It's so many bills I've introduced. Boom. Introducing a bill is not passing a bill. It's not voting for a bill. And I love, oh, I, I, I need to consult my staff. You forgot what the hell you voted for and against? No. What this is, is Republicans in this country Lying and trying to take credit for things that they were against. Same thing happened under President Obama. That first stimulus bill. Oh, they voted against it, but were then begging for projects to be funded. No, you don't get no credit for that. Then how this work. This is how they operate. Erem- transportation tra- transportation secret- Secretary Pete Buttigieg of the Department of Transportation. Same thing happened. He called out Speaker Mike Johnson.
8: People who voted against it show up at ribbon cuttings
1: and stuff. Oh, and how? I mean, none other than the Speaker of the House. I couldn't believe it. It was Monday or Tuesday. Toured an airport project that, that I that I signed off on. Uh, with a local member of Congress, and neither that local member nor he had voted for the funding that we're using to build the thing. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's many things you could say about that, but one thing you could say about that is it must be a really great project. <laughs> um.
3: Now, let me remind y'all, and pull a picture back up, Representative Maria Salazar, this is the same trifling woman who would not let Congresswoman Barbara Lee speak during the hearing about Cuba. This is where I have said Democrats, every single time one of these projects are unveiled and they have talked about the funding, this is where the Democrats should have signs saying, thanks, Joe. Thanks, Kamala. No thanks to Republican congressmen or Senator so-and-so. That's how they should be responding to these folks bragging about money that they opposed and they want to make it seem like they got it done. My panel uh, joining me right now. I want to introduce them right now. Uh, Dr. Julian Malvo. President Emerita Bennett College, economist and author. Joining me out of D.C., Dr. Amakongo Dabinga, uh, senior, Papa editorial lecturer, School of International Service, American University. Renita Shannon, former Georgia State representative uh, out of Atlanta. Renita, I'll start with you. You're a former uh, state rep. I mean, th- this to me is beyond hypocrisy. Uh, to just be champion and oh my god these things are wonderful and i brought back 40 billion dollars no your punk ass didn't you didn't bring back nothing that was money that was sent there because democrats voted for it and you didn't
10: right and i'm sure that she in her mind knew that she did not vote for the consolidated appropriations act which is really just a fancy name for the budget but to be fair, for representatives, it is totally possible for you to forget how you voted for, uh, voted on something. And it's possible for you to fight for something and then have to vote for it later. But— and 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 the way that that happens is because most bills are a combination of sugar and poison meaning there's some good things in it that you like but then there could be some poison pill in it that you're just not willing to vote for and this happens a lot of times when you're voting on a budget because there's so many line items there's so many things in it that are both a mix of good and bad but here's the reason why I'm certain that she knew what her voting record was because Republicans have made a pattern over the last decade or so of always voting against anything that goes for money to actually help people on the ground. So if I were sitting there—and, of course, I can't remember every single vote that I have taken. I know my overall patterns. Patterns, And just like when I served in the General Assembly, a lot of times I did vote against the budget, because the Democrats were in the minority and the Republicans were always passing these large budgets that were almost always spending all the money on incarceration and growing the police state. So. It's like you said, Roland, I feel certain that she knows that she did not vote for this. She just thought that the reporter was not gonna be smart enough to catch her on it and not gonna check her on it, and she thought she was gonna get away with it, and that did not happen.
3: But but, but this right here, a Congo is the problem with most, and, and I'm gonna say this, a lot of journalists, okay? A lot of these people we see on television, on radio, they are not smart. They don't do any research. They don't double check. And so even some of these national shows, they allow these politicians to come on those shows, lie, make claims and don't push back. Just like when we called out Senator Tim Scott for going on Fox News and lying by saying, oh,
11: President Donald Trump. Uh, has done more for HBCUs than any other president in history. His
3: ass was lying. And these <laughs> folks, and look, we know what's going to happen on Fox News. Fox News, they will let people lie. But what Jim Defeat did here, what every journalist should do is like, uh, hold up, let's run
2: this back. Your ass yep. didn't vote for it. It was a masterclass. I, I I loved it, and I'm telling you, Roland, time and time again on all of these networks, throughout the last, particularly once Trump came into, you know, being in, you know, 2016 or 2015 or whatever, I get so angry at the journalists or so-called journalists or let's just call them hosts, actually, I guess, because they don't act like journalists, who don't do their job, who don't press the issue who let these guys get up there and run whatever they want to say, because they're afraid that if they challenge somebody like a Trump or Ron DeSantis or somebody like that, they won't get access to them later. That's not your job as a journalist, to be some type of sniffling coward who's only concerned about ratings or not becoming some type of social media post. You're supposed to get up there and do your job. As the great Joe Madison said, your your, your next question is supposed to be based on the last answer. You know, you don't just let people run with their talking points. And I'll see people like a Ron DeSantis or, like, Morning Joe or... I'll see this person on CNN and the like. And they just talk. They pivot back to whatever it is that they want to talk about with no follow-up questions. And I honestly believe, Roland, that if we had somebody, more people who did like what you do or like what Jim DeFee did here. Some of these candidates would not be able to rise to the, to, to the levels that they have been, because they would have been embarrassed out of being able to assume their positions. But that is the problem now. We have these people, got these platforms. And I'll be quite honest, also, this is one of the challenges I have with these politicians who are very selective about the Black host or Black targeted media that they engage in. You know, People know that if they go on like The Breakfast Club or something like that, they're either not going to get hardball questions or there's not a great deal of institutional knowledge there to be able to really be able to push back. And so we have to be targeted. And it's not about dissing anybody. It's about, like you said, basic journalistic principles and challenging people on things that they are outright lying about. People, sh- Nobody should look at that as a diss or a slam. It's about doing your job. And in this day and age, with AI and, and, and you know deep fakes and robocalls, fake robocalls and the like, there's more misinformation and disinformation than facts. So journalists should use this as a prime opportunity right now to dig down deeper into doing their job and exposing many of these politicians and others types of folks for the liars that they are. So thank you, Jim. But thank you also, Roland, because interview after interview, you don't let anybody get away with anything. And that's why I think some of these guys are terrified of coming on your show, because here, facts matter.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 Julian, I guess some of these people they stop me and they like, man, and they they say send me emails and they told me. I wish you wouldn't interrupt people so much. Guess what? <laughs> I didn't just interrupt Renita. I didn't just interrupt Omakongo. You know why? Cause they didn't lie. See, what they want is they want me to let folk come on here and lie, and then the liars go, You're not gonna let me finish. Yes. You're correct. I'm not gonna let you finish telling a lie, and that's what Jim defeated. He knelt, and She was like, can we just accentuate the positive?" What was, what was that song? <laughs> uh, it was a song, right? Uh, she's like, "Why can't you just accentuate the positive? Why you can't bring like, all that stuff up?" Now, you, that was something. That was what she was stupid. saying. She was literally like, I, 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 "I, I've done some good stuff. You can't talk about the good stuff I've done." That's $40 million. No, boo. Let's talk about where that $40 million came from.
12: You know, first of all, that was like, she was like one of the stupidest people that I've seen on air in a very long time. Literally. For a number of reasons. First of all, I'm not trying to be a politician. Yes, the F you are. I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to be a politician. Where did that come from? You were there because you're a politician. You're telling lies because you're a politician. So to say, I'm not trying to be a politician, what you trying to be? Uh, Annie Oakley? Uh, Alfalfa? You know, from the—anyway, let me not go there. So first of all, she was out of order, out of line, out of control. Secondly, the brother did a great job in nailing her on everything— And that's really important, that he did. But what's even more important, Roland, is that you have lifted her up and said, you is a bloody liar, because that's what she is. The third thing that I think is really important here is the extent to which the Biden administration has not jumped on stuff like this. I mean, what we know about the Biden administration, frankly, is that they have not done their work in publicizing what they've done. When this person claimed that she did $40 million, which, number one, she did not do, but when she claimed she did it, there should have been a Biden response that said, this came from this legislation that came from this administration. I am disturbed that the Biden administration does not do enough to jump on these liars and call them on their nonsense. If he did that, and I don't know why they don't, but if he did that, what we would have is a different kind of narrative. What you have is these people running around saying, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. And you don't have the president who ought to, or his team ought to be saying, excuse me, Miss Thing, but you didn't do spit. And this is why it happened. So the interviewer was on point. You don't get very many who are Many on CNN and other places let these people spin their their nonsense, and it's wrong. He did not let her spin her nonsense, but she talked over him, and she tried to be cute. Can you give me credit? Oh, hell no. Credit for what? Credit for lying? You know, so—but but secondly, the administration, if they want to win in 2024, have to do a much better job in putting their stuff out there. Every time one of these lies comes out, somebody, it doesn't have to be the president, but there's a surrogate in Florida who should say, oh, hell no. And that's the bottom line, is when will the Biden administration step up, step out, and make it clear and make it plain that these people are taking credit for work he did that they voted
13: against?
3: Well, I, I, again, they gotta get far more aggressive, calling these people out. Uh, and look, they, go, they they are going to lie. That's what they do. But they gotta get <laughs> gut checked. All right, folks, hold tight one second. and Going to a break. We'll be back. Rolling my unfiltered right here in the Matchstick Network.
0: Grow your business or career with BP. Added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022.
13: with Google's wide range of online courses, digital training and tools. Gain in-demand job skills with flexible online training programs designed to put you on the fast track to jobs in high growth fields. No experience is necessary. Learn at your own pace. Complete the online certificate program on your own terms. Stand out to employers, get on a path to in-demand jobs and connect with top employers who are currently hiring. Take one professional career certificate program or all six. Earn a Google career certificate to prepare for a job in a high growth field like data analytics, project management, UX design, cybersecurity, and more. All professional career certificate programs must be completed by December 31st, 2024. Scan the QR code to complete the application. There are 1,000 scholarships available. Grow with Google and J. Hood and Associates. Be job ready and qualify for in-demand jobs.
14: We just have
15: one of the oldest cultures that's desperately needed for mutual salvation. That's the consciousness. We have the keys in our roots to save mankind. We get to see the condition of other countries, other oceans, other cultures. And if we believe in God, a lot of us do. He's telling us, if you don't get rid of that stuff that makes somebody superior or inferior and work together for their mutual salvation, everybody's gone.
16: Hey yo, what's up? It's Mr. Dalvin right here. What's up, this is KC. Sitting here representing the J-O-D-E-C that's Jodeci, Right here on Rolling Martin Unfiltered.
3: Some of the nation's top historians have filed an amicus brief with the Supreme Court uh, standing with Colorado in their decision uh, to remove Donald Trump from their presidential ballot. The brief argues that the Constitution's insurrection clause applies to the former president. The filing was signed by 25 decorated historians whose expertise include the Civil War, Reconstruction, the Southern Redemption, and American history more broadly, including politics, voting, and elections. They cited professional interest for helping the Supreme Court decide whether a specific provision of the 14th Amendment applies to a president and whether such implementation will require additional action from Congress by appropriately analyzing probative historical evidence. Now, in Illinois, uh, a retired Republican judge uh, has said the courts need to decide whether Donald Trump should be removed from the ballot. He did say, though, uh, that Trump did indeed, uh, was indeed involved in an insurrection and should be stricken from the ballot there in Illinois. Uh, look, uh, the Supreme Court is going to deal with this uh, on, on Congo, uh, but the bottom line is this here, this nonsense that somehow the insurrection, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment the insurrection clause doesn't apply to somebody who's the president, it's nuts when you actually read it. This isn't confusing. It's very clear but these folks now want to sit here and try to oh let's try to figure something out no nope. and these are these strict constructionists these originalists this should be easy for them to decide
2: yeah, and these these you know constructionists and people who follow the, the letter of the Constitution and the like had no problem over and who believe in standing on precedent had no problem getting rid of Roe v. Wade, right? I mean, these guys are liars, you know, straight up and down. They have no problem with what they're doing in certain areas as relates to voting rights and the like. When it comes to this 14th Amendment, look, we either have laws or we don't. We're either a nation based on the Constitution or we're not. And when it comes to Donald Trump, they are... The, I feel, Roland, quite honestly, that the Supreme Court, they're basically, basically going to try to find some kind of off-ramp where they don't have to really make this decision. They're going to try to pick it apart in a way that they're basically having a hands-off approach. This is a country that talks... And these are guys who talk about Republicans' states' rights and the like. Well, this is what Colorado wants to do. But all of a sudden, no, we can't do that. And then, on top of that, they're saying it's anti democratic democratic Democratic. And I believe, as uh, Judge Michael Ludig says, you know, the super conservative judge who's the hero of so many people that Mike Pence called and he was trying to figure out what to do with the election and the like, he was like, this is the most Democratic thing possible to be just to decide that he can't be on the ballot. I mean, it's a self-eliminating thing when you engage in an insurrection. And then you have people who are saying, well, it's not like it's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people died and and so on and so forth. They want to compare any act of insurrection to the Civil War. There could be many, ways to engage in an insurrection. And so, I mean, we're talking about the Confederate flag flying through our capital for the first time ever. It doesn't get more treacherous than that. And, lastly, People like Nikki Haley and all of the others who are saying, let the people decide. Let me be somebody who who engages some type of insurrection or some other type of criminal act and tries to run for office and let them—I'll be damned if they want to try to destroy me in every way, shape, or form and have me incarcerated before there's an election. The hypocrisy is real. And every single day, they're saying, let the people decide, but they wouldn't let— them decide for any other person. And Nikki Haley, who's going to end up supporting Trump once she dumps out anyway, she's she's a hypocrite as well. Trump should not be on the ballot. He engaged in insurrection. This court is has no credibility whatsoever, and, unfortunately, they're going to try to find an off-ramp. So it's going to have to come down to the people. But he has no business on any ballot. Julian?
12: I fully agree with Oma He's absolutely right. He has no business on any ballot. Not only that, I mean, all of the harm that he has done to our nation and to our Constitution is just sitting there, just sitting there, and people don't want to um, make him accountable. But here's the bottom line. The people who say, let the people decide, it's a small—maybe it's not small, but it's a group of people who really want him to be reelected, and they want him to be the president again. And how could he— First of all, now he's got a $83 million judgment in addition to a $5 million judgment with E. Jean Carroll. In addition, uh, Letitia James has got him on the crosshairs. That may take him up to $400 million. We're going to find out that this blazing billionaire really ain't all that. He's a bumbling bully, and that's what we're going to see. And so there's that. And then we look further at it and look at what has been going on. And we look at that, what we see is somebody who has used his bullying status. He's bullied people out of two, three, four hundred dollars. And now he's got eighty three million dollars that he has to pay. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'll have to say uh huh. But bottom line, Omicongo is totally right. I couldn't have spoken it better myself when I say that what we have going on here is someone who is wrong, but wrong beyond wrong and should not be on a ballot. Now, the people who the, the let the people decide team are going to say what well, he should be on there and let them vote him out. Um, I'm not so sure about it. He's not qualified to be on a ballot based on the 14th amendment. That's all. And suddenly The courts and others are being very creative to say, well, but, well, yes. And I'm saying, hell no. He shouldn't be on a ballot, and um, many will balk at it, and he will probably end up on a ballot. But I hope that America has a good enough sense to say, if he's on the ballot, reject this nonsense,
10: reject this nonsense, reject this nonsense. Rita? Rita? This entire conversation about whether or not Trump violated the 14th Amendment is a complete exercise in coddling white supremacy. And I say that because it's clear that not only was Trump a part of a insurrection, he actually led the insurrection, which was the largest attack we've ever seen on our Capitol. It was the largest demonstration that we've ever seen um, as it relates to trying to overthrow the government. And so to even have this conversation, this debate back and forth about whether or not he you know, violated the 14th Amendment is completely insane, because no part of me believes that, had President Obama ever even talked about overthrowing the government, they would have had him arrested immediately and figured out the rest later. And so the twists and turns that majority white people are trying to do in this country to say that he should be allowed on the ballot is nothing more than coddling white supremacy. And last, I'll say this. No elected official should be allowed to be on a ballot for public office if you have been a part of trying to overthrow the government, because that's essentially your job, is to work to uphold the processes and systems that um, we have all you know, pretty much decided that we're going to use, instead of letting our decisions be made by who can win fights in the street. I mean, you have to have some sort of way to make decisions as a government, some sort of way to divide up resources. And that, for us, is called democracy. Trump tried to get rid of that, and so there's no part of me that believes that he should be on the ballot. He should be immediately disqualified across the country, and if he were anything other than a white man, he would have already been disqualified.
3: All right, then, folks. Uh, all right. Going to a break. We'll be right back.
17: Black Star Next on The Black Table with me. Greg Call. We look at the history of emancipation around the world, including right here in the United States, the so-called end of slavery. Trust me, it's a history lesson that bears no resemblance to what you learned in school. Professor Chris Manjapra, author, scholar, amazing teacher, joins us to talk about his latest book, Black Ghost of Empire, The Death of Slavery, and the Failure of Emancipation. He explains why the end of slavery was no end at all, but instead a collection of laws and policies designed to preserve the status quo of racial oppression. The real problem is that the problems that slavery invented have continued over time. And what reparations are really about is saying, how do we really transform society, right? And, and, And stop racial violence, which is so endemic. What we need to do about it on the next installment of The Black Table right here on the Black Star Network.
4: On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach.
12: The wealth gap has literally not changed in over... 50 years, according to the Federal Reserve. On the next Get Wealthy, I'm excited to chat with Jim
4: Castleberry, CEO of Known Holdings. They have created a platform, an ecosystem, to bring resources to Blacks and people
12: of color so they can scale their business.
8: Even though we've had several examples of um, African-Americans and other people of color being able to be successful, We still aren't seeing the mass level of us being lifted up.
12: That's right here
4: on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network.
2: Hi, I am Tommy Davidson. I play Oscar
11: on Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. I don't say, I don't play Sammy, but I could. Or I don't play Obama, but I could. I don't do Stallone, but I could do all that. And I am here with Roland Martin on Unfiltered.
3: Vice President Kamala Harris was in San Jose, California today, uh, continuing her fight for reproductive freedom tour. Uh, during her presentation, she was talking about the importance of reproductive rights, but she also was interrupted uh, by protesters demanding a ceasefire uh, between Israel's and Palestinians in the Gaza Strip.
14: Good afternoon. Ab- so here we are, uh, January of 2024. Um, where just over a year ago, the highest court in our land, the court of Thurgood and RBG, took a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of America, from the women of America. And thereafter, in state after state, we have seen Extremists, so called leaders, propose and pass laws that would criminalize healthcare providers, some of them literally legislating prison for life, punishing women, making no exception even for rape or incest. You know, I will tell you. In a real democracy, everyone has a right to have their voice heard. The president and I are working on that every single day. So So back to what we were discussing. Back to what we were discussing. We are looking at a situation. We're looking at a situation in our country where there are people who are literally suffering. Many, most silently suffering because of what has been proposed and or passed in states across our country. Because of what has been proposed and or passed in states across our country. Part of why I'm doing this tour is because I think that more people, not the people here, but more people who may not be here and are not as attuned to what's happening in real time must understand You know, for years, so many of us, we were in marches, we've talked, we have fought, let's keep Roe alive, we have to protect Roe, and we all did. Most of us, for our entire adult lives, it was intact, we knew it was precious and we needed to defend it, we knew it was precious, but we kind of thought it would always be there. And now we have seen that it has been taken, and all over our country, Dr. Gupta started to talk about that. The number of people who are suffering, we're all grown in here, so I'm gonna just speak fact because fact must be told. Women are having miscarriages and toilets in our country. I've met women who were in the midst of a miscarriage who were, went to an emergency room, went to an emergency room to seek care and were rejected by the healthcare professionals there who were afraid they would be jailed for providing women in distress healthcare i met a woman i met a woman who literally developed sepsis and it was not until she developed sepsis that she received the healthcare that she needed We have a lot of very important issues that we all must discuss, but the topic for this discussion is what we need to do to fight back against laws that are criminalizing healthcare providers and making women suffer in our country. Election. <laughs> yes, we will. So, there are a lot of big issues impacting our world right now, which evoke rightly very, very strong emotions and fears and anger and tears and concerns. The topic for today here is the topic of what has happened in our country after the Dobbs decision, which took away the right of people to make decisions about their own body and has resulted in extreme harm. And so I'm going to get back to the issue because it's an important one, and we should not be distracted from any important issue. So what we're talking about, what we're looking at in these in these states, for example, that have made no exception even for rape or incest. Now, many of you, this is my, I grew up in California in the Bay Area, many of you know my career. So, you know that I started my career as a prosecutor. What you may not know is one of the biggest reasons why. When I was in high school, one of my closest friends, one of my best friends, I learned was being molested by her stepfather. And when I learned, I said to her, you have to come and stay with us. I called my mother, and my mother said, of course she does, and she came to stay with us. And I decided at a very early age, I wanted to do everything I could to protect women and children from harm. And I specialized for a long time in my career as a prosecutor, including when I was working as AG, on crimes affecting women and children. No exception even for rape or incest. Let's understand what that means. It means that these so-called leaders are saying to a survivor of a crime of violence to their body, a violation to their body, that they don't have the right to make a decision about what happens to their body next. That's immoral. This is what's happening around our country. So when we talk about the layers of harm, be it harm to our democracy, harm to our Constitution, harm to our freedoms and our rights, and we then understand the real harm that also exists every day for individuals who are being denied the health care they need. It's extraordinary, and for that reason, I know we all are approaching this with a sense, yes, of of empathy and understanding, but also profound commitment with a sense of urgency to do something about it to end the pain and the suffering that is happening right now in real time in our country.
3: In addition to these protesters, a thousand black clergy are applying pressure to the Biden-Harris administration to also call for a ceasefire. Uh, The New York Times uh, dropped their story on Sunday, uh, talking about these pastors uh, and making the point about it is a moral argument that the administration must do more when it comes to uh, the more than 26,000 Palestinians uh, who have been killed. What we're seeing here, uh, Julian, uh, we're seeing this pressure come from different areas. Uh, And the Biden-Harris administration has to understand this is going to play a role in the 2024 election. Now, granted, it's early. This is still the end of January. Uh, But the bottom line is this here, as this thing continues, Politically, this hurts them, and it's hard to make the moral argument when people are being killed. Palestinians are dying. And again, uh, the the ceasefire is all about making sure that people on either side do not die.
12: You know, Roland, it's such a conundrum for many. uh, We—nobody wants the orange man— back in office, but at the same time they want Biden to be more responsive. And he has not been. And this has come up again and again and again. The Peace of the Times is great. Uh, many of the people or people that I know, Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner was quoted as um, uh, Hale, Dr. Hale, Reverend Hale was quoted, uh, sister friends uh, of long standing. We are all concerned about the extraordinarily oppressive response of Israel to the Palestinians, 20-some-thousand people killed, um, people walking around with white flags rolling, saying that that's a universal sign of surrender. And even though they're surrendering, grandmas or the grandchild surrendering, and you have them still being shot. There is no rational reason for this. And President Biden has dropped the ball by not condemning this more strongly and that that's the bottom line he has to say stop this nonsense and he won't because the United States relationship with Israel is shrouded in guilt is shouted in grief and yet let's be clear nobody and this is a this is an obligatory line that we all run nobody appreciates what happened on October 7th Okay, now we run the obligatory line. Now let's say something else. These people are in other people's land. They push the people out their land. What do they think that people are going to do? They're going to react, they're going to respond, they're going to be brutal and unkind. But to respond to a factor of 20, to a factor of 20 is extreme and to deal with these people is extreme. Uh, Black pastors, like Cynthia Hale said in her, in the New York Times, she she said, they're oppressed and we're oppressed. And that's the connection, is that we all understand oppression. And so no matter what happens going forward, uh, President Biden is risking the support of young people, of young Black people, of uh, people who feel oppressed and wonder why our country you know there 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 have been articles that talk about right. the weapons I, the weapons that the that uh Israel is using we sold them to them we sold them so we are right
3: so here so, here's, so here so here, so here so here so here's a deal that you're facing here Renita uh you have a president at, that you have a country that is a staunch ally of the United States uh you also have a reality that Israel, this attack on Israel has been called their 9-11, and they are a sovereign nation. So there's a belief by some that, oh, President Biden could just simply say, Netanyahu, stop, but he can't. And so you have this delicate negotiation uh, that is going on, uh, and so it comes to the point of leverage. Now, critics say, hey, fine, guess what? You don't have to sell them or deliver them weapons, uh, and so so you have these. So you have a balancing act uh, that is going on. Your thoughts on again the continuing pressure, but also now these thousand black clergy now demanding the ceasefire.
10: Well, I'm glad to see this clergy um, demanding a ceasefire because for so long, and Democrats have a tendency to do this, by the way, um, every election cycle. But for so long, people have just said, "Oh, it's just the young people who are saying they won't vote, or it's just a small uh, group of folks who are saying that they are not going to vote, or that they are very bothered." Um, but what looks like an ongoing uh, attempted at genocide, and so now we're seeing that there are diverse voices that are saying, "No, this is an actual problem for everyone. Everyone sees this, and although we have not spoken." And up until this point, we now are speaking to say that we need to have a ceasefire. Now, to your point, the issue that people are having with the Biden administration is not only whatever whatever commitments and um, that they had previously made to support Israel, but the issue that Biden's got very specifically is, for the last four years, we have been told that he can't do very much to move the agenda, his agenda, the things that he campaigned on. But here we see, for Israel, you go around Congress twice to uh, help Israel. And so why couldn't this have been something where you say, hey, listen, my hands are tied? And so it calls into question how much energy the president puts into what he feels he must absolutely get done, which in this case is making sure that he gives Israel the resources it needs to uh, do this onslaught, versus just saying on everything else, oh, I can't, that's too complicated, I'm not going to be able to handle that, that's just too much. And so I think that what the Biden administration needs to do is not only stand up and say they want a ceasefire, because they've already said to Israel things like they want a two-state solution and other things, which Israel said, hey, you need to mind your business. We are not you know, for any of that. The Biden administration needs to also stop resourcing this genocide. That is the biggest thing that they really need to do. And I think that you know, right? And this is the last thing I'll say. A lot of folks are seeing protesters pop up at every uh, Biden campaign event, and they're very shocked by people protesting. Um, as the vice president, for example, is trying to talk about reproductive freedom, and the president, you know, will be different places, and protesters will show up and protest. That is a part of being an elected official. You know that anywhere you go, you have the capability for any event that you do to get protested by anybody who doesn't like what you are advancing. So all of that is normal, but what I will say is there's more visibility for this because this is not something that is just going to go away even though it is early uh, as far as you know things are concerned as far as an election year this is not something that's just going to go away and largely because there is not a lot on the other side people already had a lot of disappointment with the way that things were going with the administration and so this is just the final oh my right. gosh you know this some of this stuff is indefensible well, again,
3: I'm uh, the Congo. The reality is for it to go away is you've got to have a conclusion uh, to this war or you've got to have a ceasefire. You've had administration officials who previously have said that a ceasefire right now is not doable. Well,
2: the question is, if not right now, then when? You know, the abortion issue is supposed to be the number one issue for. Democrats going into 2024 because they've won on all of these ballot measures in Republican states and so on and so forth, and these protests and this activism is taking away from that. This is Biden's number one, his number one issues. The Biden administration, if they really care about dignity and hope and all the things they talk about, they have to start pushing for a ceasefire, and that's going to help them get back on track with their message at these events because we're talking about as early. But come on Roland, you think these students who are protesting they're gonna have a lot more time in the summer right before the election so it's only going to get worse and so, I've heard something a little bit that the State Department and the Biden administration talked a little bit, a hint about, they're looking at how to reconsider their weapons program with Israel. That kind of came out today. That little snippet of dropping that, that they put out, that's a response to these protests. That's a response to this pressure. And so people have to keep up the energy. Look, at one of these rallies, rolling. they called him genocide Joe. I mean, if that type of stuff sticks, and so the United States, Biden, they have to figure out a way, because the other thing we have to be mindful of is that they can get on a call with people, with government, Netanyahu and all of these guys in Israel every single day. Who are they talking to regularly in the Islamic community over there? Or over here, in the civil rights community, people like Reverend Al Sharpton and others have President Biden's attention. Who is that person for the Muslim community or those people for the Muslim community? I don't think he's talking to Rashida Tlaib, who the House censored. So these are people who are supporting the rights of Palestinians, do not feel like they have a voice with the Biden administration. And if he was more proactive in giving people who are supportive of Palestinian freedom and a Palestinian state an active, visible voice, you would not see as much of these protests. And so the Biden administration has a lot to do to get a fix on this, starting to look at how they handle the, the military relationship with Israel in terms of sending them these weapons. One Israeli administrator said, or a government official said, we can't do what we're doing without the United States support. If we don't get it from them, we're toast. But lastly, Roland, a thing that hasn't been mentioned today, because we've talked about it before, is now the United States is starting to get drawn into it physically as it relates to we just lost three troops in Jordan with that drone strike and several.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more.
2: Others were injured with traumatic brain injuries and the like. And so now the United States is being drawn into this regional conflict, and he's got to get a hold on it.
3: hold tight one second because we come back. Uh, the names of those three U.S. members have been released. Uh, all three are from Georgia, and we'll share that with those with you. When we come back, Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Study Network. Be sure to support us in what we do uh, by joining our Brina Funk Fan Club. Send you're checking money. Order the P.O. Box 57196 Washington, D.C. 200370196 Cash App, Dollar Sign, RM Unfiltered, PayPal, RM Martin Unfiltered Venmo is RM Unfiltered, Zell Roland at RolandSMartin.com, Roland that rollingmarkculture.com We'll be right
11: back. I'm Faraji Muhammad, live from L.A., and this is The Culture. The Culture is a two-way conversation. You and me, we talk about the stories, politics, the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. So join our community every day at 3 p.m. Eastern t- and let your voice be heard. Hey, We're all in this together, so let's talk about it and see what kind of trouble we can get into. It's The Culture, weekdays at 3, only on the Black Star Network.
3: 0196. The Cash App is Dollar Sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is Roland at RolandSMartin.com.
16: What's good, y'all? This is Doug E. Fresh and watching my brother Roland Martin Unfiltered. As we go a little something like this. Hit it.
8: <laughs>
16: it's real.
3: Uh, the United States military has released the name of three service members uh, who were killed in a drone attack uh, in Jordan uh, those office, those uh, uh, troops are sergeant William Jerome Rivers 46 years old specialist Kennedy Layton Sanders 24 years old and specialist Brianna Alexandria Alexandria Moffitt she is 23 years old the US is blamed um various groups, Iranian-backed groups, for this attack. Uh, the Pentagon said it cared the footprints of Hezbollah. Wall Street Journal has an article saying that U.S. Uh, defense forces did not respond to the drone attack because they mistook this drone as an American drone. Uh, There have been people who have been critical of the Biden-Harris administration saying they caused these deaths. Donald Trump has been quite vocal about it as well. But if you look at the number of people, service members who died during the tenure of uh, President, uh, excuse me, of Donald Trump, it's a lot, much, much higher than they have died under Biden-Harris. And so, uh, again, um, these uh, soldiers, uh, we mourn them. Uh, Their families, of course, have been notified. And again, all three uh, were from an Army Reserve unit based in Fort Moore, uh, out of Georgia. And so the investigation uh, continues. In addition to three deaths, uh, more than 40 military personnel uh, were injured uh, when the uh, drone um, hit uh, the housing unit uh, where they were actually staying uh, as well. And the troops were in their sleeping quarters when the drone struck with a little to no warning. So... Uh, certainly, condolences go out to the families of those three uh, soldiers, um, folks. Um, in addition to uh, that, in addition to uh, that news uh, as well, um, uh, we, we continue to see the focus on the region of the country. Excuse me, that that region of the world, and what you're seeing right now. What you're seeing right now. Uh, are some suggesting that United States is involving itself in a much broader battle uh, because of how we've been responding to uh, Iranian-backed uh, militias uh, or um, you know, various militias as well. Now, um, what people have to understand, and I, and I think a lot of times people forget this, uh, Renita, uh, is that we've got U.S. troops all around the world. Um, we've got Africom. We've got uh, folks that are in, on, on different continents across the world, uh, and so um, it, this notion that the United States is involved in a war is wrong. But folks just need to uh, need to be, need to realize that yes, this is not the Iranian wars, not Afghanistan, but we've got troops stationed everywhere, and we are and we are the targets of different terror groups.
10: Well, that's true that we do have troops stationed everywhere. But it's also true that that's why, for at least the last five to eight years that I can remember, people have been consistently saying, bring our troops home. And so, like, these three people who were just killed, and my heart goes out to them, obviously um, affecting families here in Georgia, um, they, you know, were on a counterterrorism mission when they were killed. And so people, the, the voice of you know voters, um, the sentiment in the country has been to have less military involvement around the world and to bring our troops home. The reason why people are really fearing that we're about to be drawn into a physical contact, and some say that we have already been drawn into a physical contact, is because, not only do you have these ongoing counterterrorism missions like the three soldiers um, were killed in, but you also see that we are bombing Yemen. And the the conflict is growing larger and larger, and we are being more and more a part of it, standing in support of Israel. And so this is drawing us into a physical contact. And I can tell you that... A larger regional war is something that is extremely unpopular. And I hate to bring everything back to politics and voting, but a lot of the show, you know, Roland, a lot of your show, we really do talk about voting a lot and civic engagement. Um, But the reality is, is that this has been an ongoing thing that has become very unpopular on both the left and the right. You know that Trump campaigned pretty consistently about the United States um, not getting into so many military conflicts and not entering so many wars, even though, as you mentioned, the number of service personnel who was killed under his administration was more. Um, The reality is, on the Democrat side, we're still seeing things like, now bombing Yemen because of what they were doing um, with the ships that were trying to go through their territory, and we're now seeing this incident. And so, both parties cannot be the same. We cannot have Democrats essentially talking and saying and doing the same things that Republicans were doing 20 years ago.
3: But 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 here's the thing on the Congo, um, and, and I understand the concept of bring our troops home, but part of the national defense. Is being deployed in various places uh, where there are folks who are planning attacks on the United States, but also the United States has interest uh, in other countries. Uh, so the idea that we should bring all of our troops home—that's just unrealistic when you look at the foreign policy of this country.
2: You know, I've done over the last maybe 15 years or so. I've I've partnered with the State Department on. Several projects, and some of these projects have been designed of going into some of these countries and preventing the the growth of child soldiers, preventing the growth of people who would join armies that would may become extremists, and you know hurt hurt local as well as our interests here in the United States. And some of these countries that I've gone to: um, Niger, um, Central African Republic, uh, Mali. And some of these places, you know, I've had to be escorted, but, you know, in armored vehicles, uh, military vehicles to go and do some of the work in some of these spaces with the young people. My point in bringing this up is that in these situations, one of the things I've noticed each time is that the countries where the United States have stronger relations are countries where they engage the public outside of military operations, So when they're engaged in civil service activities, when they're involved in community building activities, those are the types of activities that do more as it relates to uh, counterterrorism operations than responding to things of physical might. And I've been in countries where the interactions between the U.S. military and the people on the ground has not been solid. And I can see the animosity and the tensions there. And so we have to understand that This whole idea of diplomacy, it's not either or, it's both and. But the first aspect of it has to be the humanitarian side. It has to be the engagement. It has to be, let us work and build with this community. And, under Trump? That was gone. I was in Rwanda when, when when Donald Trump brought up his shithole country comments. And, you know, members of the U.S. Embassy uh, um, uh, had to be brought in to, to answer to the Rwandan government about what was going on. Trump didn't give a damn about those types of things. And, you know, the Biden administration is doing a better job of it, but not good enough. It needs to do more if it wants—especially now— As people are looking at the United States, giving Netanyahu basically a bear hug and walking side by side with Israel, that's not resonating well with many other countries around the world, not just Black and brown countries, even some of the European nations as well. And so, again, the Biden administration is drawing itself into problems that it does not directly want to be a part of. But it's about to be. So this is a really good time for them to really start to look at what's happening, because he's... Look, I didn't even know that these three soldiers were Black. So that's going to also affect his support here. So support's being challenged here in the United States and is also being challenged around the world for things that Biden did not directly start, but he has the power to directly change the course if he would actually start to listen to those of us who are calling for a more moral mindset in dealing with these conflicts. Julian?
12: I'm just saying, mm hmm, mm hmm, because Oba Congo is raising some really important issues. We put ourselves out there as a world leader. We're the leader of the world. And what does that really mean? If there are, um, if we call ourselves the champions of democracy, but number one, we don't have it at home. And number two, we only champion it episodically abroad. When we look at what's happening in Israel, uh, with Netanyahu we're allowing him to get away with, frankly, more than murder, almost genocide. And um, it's because of our blind loyalty to Israel. I understand the loyalty, but at the same time, I understand that many, many people have been pained by this loyalty, and President Biden will have to answer for it eventually. But it's more than Israel and uh, Netanyahu. It's really about us calling ourselves a world leader and we're not leading. What we're doing is doing pragmatic politics that don't have any moral certainty and any moral foundation. And I I think that that's really important. So as we move into, that's not just about the election. I mean, if the orange man is elected, it will be a tragedy. But at the same time, if President Biden is reelected, it will be a tragedy if he does not change his ways. What really we're looking at here, when we talk about the possibility of global conflict, I, fe- I fear, I was talking to my 37-year-old nephew, and he said, I fear that we're at the brink of World War III. In other words, the fact that there's so much going on that will involve the United States. Three black people from Georgia um, eviscerated because of what's going on. What uh, you know, and and our why is our congressional black caucus silent? Why are so many silent? What should we be saying about the direction of our nation? We have a lot of work to do, and we're not going to get it done by November. But by November, President Biden has but, the opportunity. but
3: but 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 the, black, but 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 the black caucus is not silent. I mean, you literally have members that have been very vocal. About demanding a ceasefire. Members, so I the, mean, so the Black Caucus is not.
12: Roland, but the not members, but not the crew. They often come out with with, with a unified statement. Have they done this this time? You may know. You know. Well, you know you more. You probably than,
3: don't have a unified. No, no. You probably don't. You probably don't have a unified statement because you don't have them all agreeing. So you're not going to see a unified statement if you have different members with different perspectives on this. You have some members of the Congressional Black Caucus, Richie Torres, who is extremely uh, pro-Israel, uh, has been very vocal. Then you've got folks like Rashida Tlaib, you've got Cory Cor- Bush, you've got Yana Presley, you've got others, and so, uh, uh, and so uh, you've got members with different perspectives. That's likely why you haven't seen a unified voice.
12: At the same time, what I'm saying is that We're moving into a space where we're going to have a global war. What are we saying? The three people that were just killed were African American people. I'm not saying it could have been white people and it was all wrong, but what are we saying? I mean, and what, you know, is there a community response? You're right, they're all over the place, they're not all on the same page, but who gets on the same page to confront this injustice?
8: Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events, chef prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort style amenities, and high quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at BrightviewSeniorLiving.com. Equal housing opportunity.
3: Well, we'll uh, again, we'll see if this continuing pressure. Uh, on President Biden uh, actually causes there to be a change. All right. I'll be right back on Rolling Martin Unfiltered on the Blackstar Network.
10: Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people me Sherry Shepard and you know what you're watching, Roland Martin unfilting. <laughs>
3: It's been almost a year since Kamisha Douglas disappeared from her Boystown Town, Nebraska home. The 15-year-old, who was last seen on February 19, 2023, is 5 feet 4 inches tall, weighs 140 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Kamisha Douglas is urged to call the Boys Town, Nebraska Police Department at 402-498-1170, 402-498-1170. Folks, in Wichita, Kansas, police there are looking for the individuals who cut down the Jackie Robinson statue at a local park, only leaving the bronze shoes. Police say the theft, which was caught on surveillance video, happened on Wednesday. A truck is driving around the area where the statue is located just before midnight. Later, a few people are seen walking around the area. The suspects approach the statue and remove it from the base. The truck then re-enters the scene and backs up to the statue. The suspects were then seen loading the statue into the back of the truck before it took off just before 12.20 a.m. The damage is estimated at $75,000. If you have any information about the stolen statue, you can call the Wichita, Kansas Police Department at 316-268-4407, 316-268-4407. So my goodness, folks out here just snatching black statues on the Congo.
2: Oh my goodness. It's, I mean, wow. Like, <laughs> I mean, what, what's the plan here, right? Because you got two things. You can either think people who are gonna sell it, try to sell it. I don't know if people are gonna try to buy a, a damaged statue or you got these racist folks out there who are going to try to defame it in some way, shape, or form. I remember I was speaking at a school once, and they suspended a kid because, you know, he took a cardboard cutout of Obama and he hung it, you know, with a noose, right? So we always have to make room for these types of projects as well. but. I, so, I don't really know where to go with this. You know, I'm hoping that there's more cameras out there that will get out there and and, and find these individuals, because it's very concerning. But in any way, shape, or form, regardless of who did it, it's it's another Black great, you know, having their statue destroyed of their face. You know, I'm thinking about the Emmett Till Memorials, you know, that regardless of what people do, whatever people put up, they're constantly attacking them, and they have to add more barriers, you know, to, to protect it from, from the haters and the racists out there. And it's just really sad and unfortunate, you know, because in this day and age when people are applauding us taking down Confederate statues and they're like, I'm hoping that this isn't a sign of some type of, you know, backlash, or we should say, you know, whitelash going against statues of Black people that are up there, that are up as well, um, with some type of false uh, equivalency. And so I'm really interested to see who did this and why, and also making sure that they're punished to the fullest extent of the law, because it's disgraceful and despicable.
3: I mean, I mean, I mean. Look, um, it, it it just makes no sense. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, and last thing, you know, Renita, you want to do is have to slap, you know, put a cage around the around the damn gum statue. Uh, but uh, hopefully, these folks uh, are caught, uh, and uh, the uh, Jack Robinson statue is
9: returned.
10: Right. It makes absolutely no sense, and I think that we will see some sort of resolution to this soon. The reason why I say that is because I did read that city officials have already alerted the salvage yards that if they see this come in anybody trying to sell it or do anything with it um to let you know to let authorities know and so I do think that we'll see some sort of resolution to this because now that everybody is aware that this happened and people are on the lookout what could uh anyone possibly do with this it's going to be hard to sell it cuz everyone's looking you know to to for this statue Everybody's aware of what happened so I think we'll see some resolution soon and I suspect that once we've um, here, once we find out who took it and why they took it, we probably will still be in the dark um, as to this not making any, any sense even after the folk, these folks are caught.
3: Uh, pretty uh, pr- you know, pr- pretty bad there, uh, but uh, it's just par for the course for what it means to being black in America, Julian.
12: You know, this is called erasure. It's called attempting to take our presence away from us. This makes no sense whatsoever, as both Rina and Omicongo have said, no sense whatsoever. But basically what does make sense is that we're sitting in a place of extreme anti-Blackness, where that statue was an affront to somebody, and our existence is an affront to somebody. And that's why, Roland, in your book, you know, with the book about crazy white people, um, you know, white fear— they cannot stand our excellence. And that Jackie Robinson was nothing more than excellence. And our excellence is refutes all of their nonsense. But it doesn't make any sense except for in the context of a Ron D. Satan who has just said that sociology is not a required class in state-supported uh, Florida universities, which is which There's so many things that rain down on anti-Blackness. I hope they find the people. uh, They will. You can't get rid of a big old statue like that. I hope they find them. I hope they're punished to the full extent of the law. But more than that, I hope that we use this as a teachable moment. Who could be against the amazing legacy of a Black man who basically shattered every barrier? Well, who could be against it? Folks who did not think we ever have the capability of doing that. I am repulsed, and I think we all are, um, about this. But at the same time, let's make this a teachable moment.
3: All right, folks. Uh, right now, though, we're going to go to a break. We'll be right back. Roland Mark Unfiltered on the Black Story Network.
17: Next on The Black Table with me, Greg Kaufman. We look at the history of emancipation around the world, including right here in the United States, the so-called end of slavery. Trust me, it's a history lesson that bears no resemblance to what you learned in school. Professor Chris Manjapra, author, scholar, amazing teacher, joins us to talk about his latest book, Black Ghost of Empire, The Death of Slavery and the Failure of Emancipation. He explains why the end of slavery was no end at all, but instead, a collection of laws and policies designed to preserve the status quo of racial oppression. The real problem is that the problems that slavery invented have continued over time. And what reparations are really about is saying, how do we really transform society, right, And, and, and stop racial violence, which is so endemic. What we need to do about it on the next installment of The Black Table, right here on the Black Star Network.
4: Life with me, Dr. Jackie, we're going to be talking about common sense. We think that people have it know how to use it, but it is something that people often have to learn. The truth is, most of us are not born with it, and we need to teach common sense, embrace it, and give it to those who need it most, our kids. So I always tell teachers to listen out to what conversations the students are having about what they're getting from social media, and then let's get ahead of it and have the appropriate conversations with them. On a next A Balanced Life with me, Dr.
13: Jackie, here
4: at Black Star Network.
13: Grow your business or career with Grow with Google's wide range of online courses, digital training and tools. Gain in-demand job skills with flexible online training programs designed to put you on the fast track to jobs in high growth fields. No experience is necessary. Learn at your own pace, complete the online certificate program on your own terms. Stand out to employers, get on a path to in-demand jobs and connect with top employers who are currently hiring. Take one professional career certificate program, or all six. Earn a Google Career Certificate to prepare for a job in a high-growth field like data analytics, project management, UX design, cybersecurity, and more. All professional career certificate programs must be completed by December 31, 2024. Scan the QR code to complete the application. There are 1,000 scholarships available. Grow with Google and J-Hood and Associates. Be job ready and qualify for in-demand jobs
6: everybody. I'm Kim Coles. Hey, I'm Donnie Simpson. Yo, it's your man Deion Cole from
5: Blackish, and you're watching... Roland Martin.
0: Unfiltered.
3: What What is going on in America? We are facing a calamity individuals are losing their minds. They are angry. They are upset. They are beside themselves. Uh, They don't know what to do. They are troubled. Uh, These individuals cannot sleep. They cannot eat. Uh, They are literally losing their minds. They are under severe pressure and stress. High blood pressure is simply just going through the roof. What am I talking about? Largely white men and MAGA acting a fool because Taylor Swift attends NFL games. Y'all, have you followed these nutcase people? Even that fool, Vivek, whatever the hell his name is. Oh, the NFL, there's, there's, a, there's a conspiracy in the NFL uh, to rig the Super Bowl in order for us to see the left-leaning Taylor Swift. Do you know how nutty these people are? How many times do we watch NBA games and they will show a celebrity sitting courtside on the front row? Numerous times. Numerous times. But oh my God, what in the world is going on? Because... Taylor Swift, they now are making this thing, y'all, out to me about politics. My goodness, Taylor Swift, and she's, she's has these young girls and she's, um, they're now registering to vote. And then, my goodness, uh, Travis Kelce, what, 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 uh, what must we do? Because uh, he took the vaccine. These people, they are indoctrinating our children. Y'all. These I, I, I swear these people are nutcases. And th- this is why you cannot listen at all to these people on the right. Because they complain about everything. Oh, God, I'm not trying to watch an NFL game. And they keep showing. First of all, the NFL isn't showing Taylor Swift. The networks are. It's just stupid. It's just it's just literally dumb. And what this goes to show you, um, and I'll start with Renita. What it goes to show you, these MAGA people are so insane. They are so out of control that they complain and whine about everything. I mean everything this is why donald trump gotta be defeated because you know what let's make them crazier let's just again every time they take a l it's just another nail in the maga coffin so let's give them more l's in november
10: I am not surprised that they are creating a conspiracy theory around why Taylor Smith...
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more.
10: Taylor Swift is at NFL games, because we know that they are a huge fan, the MAGA crowd of QAnon and conspiracy theories in general. I mean, this is partially what led them to uh, do January 6th. This is also what led them to be a part of unmasking Pizzagate, as they called it. So these people love conspiracies. So I'm not surprised that they've now gotten one in relation to Taylor Swift. But the thing that I think about this is, you know, year after year, we're being told that um, NFL is losing support, losing money. Less and less people are fans of professional football. Every year, we continue to see these reports talking about the decline of the NFL. Isn't Taylor Swift being at the NFL, uh, at these games, good for the NFL to bring more attention and bring more support for the NFL? So I don't understand why people who support the NFL is are about the, the last Anybody is saying
3: said, the NFL is declining, uh hello Renata, anybody saying the NFL is declining, they're nuts because the, the ratings keep going up so and they're the most profitable sports league so anybody saying Look, that nah, that's a lie
10: go ahead they're saying that the younger they're saying that generations that are coming along like younger folks are not interested in the nfl so that's why they're saying that support for it is declining because you're not getting that's a lie. lot of young no, it's, it's just a lie it's so, just I mean, a lie it's
3: just a lie i mean the numbers the numbers prove it it's just a lie
10: what I'll say, what I'll say to sum this up is exactly what Michael Harriet said about this today on Twitter, which is, I can't name one song that Taylor Swift sings, but I also know that I don't need to lose my mind because she showed up at an NFL game. So I don't understand why they're making a big deal out of this.
3: They're making a big deal out of this, Amakongo, because when Taylor Swift went on social media and told people to register to vote. Nearly 160,000 people did. This is the real deal. They are deathly afraid of her energizing young voters. And this, Omakongo for me, is why I would absolutely love to see Taylor Swift and Beyonce and every major entertainer. Make, using their voices and platforms, urging folks to vote. She's also anti-Donald Trump. Look, uh, a story came out uh, the other day where uh, Snoop Dogg uh, says, I got nothing, nothing but love for Donald Trump. He's been highly critical uh, in the past. Uh, he was thankful that Trump pardoned Michael Harris, one of the co-founders of Death Row Records. Uh, but again, that's what they're afraid of. They are afraid. That Taylor Swift and her army of Swifties, her that she is going to organize and mobilize them to vote in a massive way.
2: That's why they're losing their minds. And yes, I do. And I do know one Taylor Swift song, Shake It Off, because I took my kids to see Sing, and that was one of the movie songs in it. So, yes. And you're absolutely right. And it's not just Taylor Swift. It's it's the Barbie phenomenon, you know, that got played in the Oscar nods and, you know, that type of empowerment narrative as well. What I appreciate about Taylor Swift is that, you know, she is somebody who understands her power and she understands her power to be able to galvanize people um, and i'm hoping that you know more of that will be done do- as we get closer to the election like you said registering you know thousands of people to vote just by an instagram post and the like you know being critical of trump in the past and i'm hoping that she does more of that and more celebrities follow her lead what i what bothers me about people like you know the snoops of the world is that they may look at one individual act of something that was done for them and apply it to all of us as if we're supposed to bow down and, and be grateful. And that's really problematic. We need more sophisticated uh, leadership from our so-called celebrities and leaders, right? Too many people are looking at, at them as heroes. But, lastly, I will say, Agent Carroll, she was talking about her fear of going up and testifying with Trump in the room. She couldn't sleep. It was the first time she confronted him. And she said, when she finally got to the court and he was there, she said, today, I realized he was nothing. He has nothing, he's the emperor with no clothes. These guys have nothing else to run on. But hate and ignorance and misogyny—that's why they don't have a, a alternative to Obamacare. They never did. They don't have alternative to anything but dissension. And so that's why they look for new faces to attack. That's why they drag celebrities into it because they have no real policy plan. And so for anything except for deny people access to whatever it is that will make them help them feel more whole and more equal. So I applaud Taylor Swift for what she's doing. Keep showing her. Keep using the power. And you're right, Roland. They need to experience, the Republicans, they need to experience profound defeat in 2024. It's not going to chase them all away, but it will chase enough of them away that maybe some of those who are remaining will want to take over their party um, and bring it back to what it used to be, which we can disagree with the party all the time, but they at least believe that. We should have a constitutional democracy as flawed as it is. We need to bring it back to that. And we have the power to do that. And I hope, like more, as I said, more of these celebrities follow what Taylor Swift has been talking about.
3: Um, it, look, that's what it boils down to. It is the political power. It is um, how they are able to leverage it. And, and, and I really, and I just really, really do. I really hope, uh, Julianne, that many of these celebrities— oh, we saw lots of them when Obama uh, was running in 2008 and re-election in 2012. Uh, I would hope these same celebrities uh, will be as active, as involved, as engaged, because we need uh, we need today's Dick Gregory's, today's Harry Belafonte's, today's Sidney Poitier's, today's Diane Carroll's, uh, to be engaged in this because it's not just, uh, hey, I can go about and just keep doing my thing and keep making my money. No, there are some fundamental issues that are at play here. Uh, and so I love to see their meltdown over Taylor Swift. And I say, Taylor Swift, keep driving them crazy and keep registering, registering your fans, because guess what? Those 17 year old young girls who support you, many of them will be 18 come November.
12: There you go. And, you know, demographic shifts require demographically shifting thinking. In other words, as you said, we're looking at Taylor Swift's Swifties, we're looking at other people, but we're also looking at um, the nonsense that is spewing from these Republicans. I'm not anti-Republican, although you probably have to cut my fingers off to vote for one, but that's not the point. Here's the point. Uh, Do we want a democracy or do we want something else? What we're seeing is that there are many, like Taylor Swift, and shout out to her, and many others who believe in democracy. They don't necessarily believe in everything that we believe in, but they believe in democracy. And so what's going to happen as we move ahead and as we think about this 2024 election? Demographic shifts may mean that people will shift their alignments. People will do things differently. And we hope that they will. We hope that people will look at what's going on. And uh, so these, you know, insane people, you're the expert on insane white people, but these insane people, um, they're mad because Taylor Swift showed up and gave her boyfriend a kiss and said a couple of things, give me a bloody break. What she's doing is, like we all say, just do you, boo. And so she's doing her thing, and what we need to do is make sure that others do their thing. You call the role with Harry Belafonte and so many others, but my question would be to the younger generation, where are the young rappers, artists, activists who are coming out and saying, register to vote, do your thing? Unfortunately, too many young people, are sick of the political process. but That's because they don't know the political process. We've gotten rid of civics and education, so people don't know. People are mad at Biden because he didn't do da ah, da 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 but he can't do it by himself. He needs a Congress. So if we want things to change, we need a Biden to have a Congress that can help him, a Senate that can help him. Uh, the orange man is gonna fall on Immigration and say, oh, he couldn't do it, he could do it if the Congress would cooperate. So that's a story that we need to tell. We need to beat that drum and say, come on now. We cannot have change unless we have an aligned Congress.
3: All right, folks, uh, over the weekend, uh, the Super Bowl uh, was set. Baltimore lost to Kansas City, uh, and the Detroit Lions, they lost to. San Francisco 49ers. And didn't I call that on Friday? Didn't I say that it likely was going to be 49ers and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? I think I called that. Well, guess what? Um, there are two people um, who had a split household. So Jamel Hill, who's from Detroit, loves Detroit, but she grew up a San Francisco 49ers fan. Uh, and her husband, he is a rabbit Detroit Lions fan well. They placed a bet on the game. He lost, so therefore, he had to do this video.
14: Uh,
4: Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined here at this press conference uh, by Ian Wallace, who
15: has... Wood, Wood.
4: By Wood Wallace, who has a statement that he would like to read in the wake of the excellent comeback by the San Francisco 49ers, who beat the Detroit Lions.
15: Hello, everybody. I come before you a humble man because my team, the Detroit Lions, lost to my wife's team, the excellent and resilient San Francisco 49ers. If you're wondering how I got here, let me explain. From the time it was decided that the 49ers and the Lions were going to play each other for the NFC Championship, I've been terrorizing my lovely wife with childish antics. I taunted her team and disrespected her 49ers merchandise. I, what's this word?
16: Apologize.
15: Apologize to the 49 ers faithful for my immature behavior. <laughs> I disrespected one of the great franchises in NFL history. I apologize to Brock Purdy for calling him Jimmy. What's that, how you say that? Garoppolo. Garoppolo's twin. That was insulting. And since the Lions are quarterback, come on now, by the Dollar General Ryan Gosling, I should have not clowned such an excellent quarterback. In closing, I would like to add that my wife is much wiser than me. I will one day learn to be, a gracious, be as gracious as my wife so that I may avoid this kind of public humiliation. Going forward, I will not ridicule Her anymore for being a lifelong 49er fan. While the Lions are at home eating a a wish sandwich, if what if appetizers.
4: And what if appetizers?
8: I'll
15: be rooting for the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Go Niners. Not true.
4: Wood Wallace will not be accepting questions at this time. Please allow him to have his privacy as he tries to get through this difficult moment.
3: Thank you. Wow.
0: Wow. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and
3: So wow. First of all, I'm a Congo. I, I am thankful uh, that uh, I despise the Dallas Cowboys. So does my wife. <laughs> um, we both support Houston teams. So there's no split allegiance there whatsoever. Uh, but damn, bruh.
1: <laughs> Jamel Hill is the
2: she's the best <laughs> She's just awesome. And wow, that's gonna be played everywhere. <laughs> when he said, how do you say this? I apologize. I mean, I know the Lions folks, they gotta truly be struggling right now. I mean and particularly the way that it was lost. But you know, uh was well, Mr. Wallace is a man of his word, and and you know, Jamel put him on blast and Nobody really watches sports in my in my house, with the exception of me. So I don't have to worry about any loyalty splits. Whoever I may say to root for, folks, are just gonna be like whatever. So yeah, um, now he's got a root for the 49ers, and you know, Jamel's knowledge shines once again. More power to you, sis.
3: <laughs> and 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 I, I I just got this note from Jamel, um, Renita. It was his idea to do the bet. Oh. (laughs) She said, the 49ers lost, I would have to do the same thing. So he was so arrogant and cocky, thinking his Lions were going to beat the 49ers. They blew a 17-point lead. And you deserve to have to do that. If that that was the bet, and guess (laughs) what? She has now posted that on her Instagram page, <laughs> on her Twitter page, all over. It's gonna get picked up, you know, by the shade room, uh Baller Alert, Jasmine Brand. I-
4: <laughs>
3: Lord have mercy. Bernita?
10: Listen, I'm glad, Roland, I'm glad you explained the clip because I'm one of those people that has not watched the NFL in forever and you could not pay me to watch an NFL game. So thank you for explaining the clip. Jamel is very funny. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. Julian, go ahead with your comment.
12: Well, you know, as a native San Franciscan, I'm always happy when the 49ers win. Although I am not a sports person, I'm almost with Renita, you got to pay me to watch. But I was, they, they were talking much smack and sister, girl got hers, and brother, man, you know, just take your tail to the the, the cottage or wherever you go. where well, you shamed? Cause you shamed. That's I'm just laughing. I'm totally laughing. You go, Jamel, and brother, man, whatever.
3: <laughs> I, 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 I mean, he's sitting here. I mean, again, and look, I mean, look. You know, when you step out there, you know, you you know, you repping your team. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. Um and, and in Could fact, be- you know what? Okay, so so sort to of the control room, do this here. I want y'all to pull up, um I want y'all to pull up uh this tweet I sent. So I just sent y'all a tweet that Jamel posted last week. So I just wanna show y'all the energy that uh her husband was giving on January twenty second um that's uh seven days ago so if y'all could play the video of the tweet i just posted uh, i want y'all so so i think y'all might have a better understanding y'all might have a better understanding um of um of 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 why jamel was really really uh looking forward to this even though it was tough for her because she posted a video yesterday She was sweating for a long, long time uh, because uh, it was going downhill for the 49ers when they came back. So, uh, do y'all have have, uh, that that tweet ready? Play that video. All right, they're going to have the video uh, soon. Y'all see the video. Then y'all go. Okay, y'all go ahead and play it.
15: We going to the Super Bowl, baby. I just got home. We're house divided. Jamel originally from Detroit. But she a San Francisco fan, so this weak ass bullshit. Look at this shit she got it. Let me let her know what time it is. Right off top, because I ain't playing. I ain't playing. House divided, baby, all week. Let her know that I ain't playing. This how I'm starting. No, oh, I just came in the house. She gonna try to say, hey babe, kiss me, no, don't no kiss me. No, we ain't on no, 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 we ain't on the same team or nothing. You already know what time it is, Jamel. You know what time it is. This shit going in the fucking garbage. What are you playing? What are
1: you doing? What are you doing?
15: Hey, put that, hey, put that in the garbage. Why you put starting? it in the can, put it in the can. That's how y'all garbage, y'all trash. We about to pop y'all next week.
14: Please everyone remember and like
15: this video because- Robert! I'm just saying. I'm what is saying.
11: this, what is this?
4: Hey, 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 somebody who's the is
3: that? Super Bowl. What is
11: that? What is that? What is that? Y'all wouldn't, know, that? Nothing that? That? Y'all wouldn't know nothing That's, about
3: it. This Brock Purdy twin brother right here. <laughs> 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 mm. Mm. That was that was that was kind of aggressive, Omar Congo. Yeah, that was
2: that. He was he was just putting it all out there. I had, wow, I mean that makes the video his apology video. It makes it like doubly sweet. You know what I mean? He was extremely confident, just like so many other out there in the line. Eminem, all of them cats were just extremely confident. I mean, they hadn't been in this spot in, what, like almost like 30 years or something like that. So we get the idea of being hype, but you also just kind of got to be realistic. And, you know, you can have your little challenges, but you got to be humble at the same time. So I know I'm about to go and share that video of <laughs> the apology as well, because you know, brother had it coming. He was a little bit too hardcore with it. And now he's gotta eat some lion for dinner because he ain't got nothing else right now.
12: <laughs>
2: oh yeah, she, she's uh,
3: Renita. She said he been terrorizing her all week, uh, and she's like, "Oh, he gonna have, oh, he he, he gonna be eating a whole lot of crow."
10: Mm-hmm. He should probably do side by side of that video plus her video and re-release both so that people have all the evidence together. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, do, y- do y'all have the photo I just sent y'all? <laughs> so uh, let, let me know y'all have it up, uh, Julian. I'm telling you. I'm. Tell- I mean, he put a jersey in the trash. And, and he's now he now he's that's
12: that's,
3: that, that's, that's 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 called that's called that's called you might get cut.
12: Well, now he's sitting in the trash trying to figure out how to get out of it. I mean, this is hell blocking hilarious to have this brother talking all this spit to this sister, and then she prevails. But you know, the Niners always, I'm telling you, I haven't been to a Super Bowl probably in 15 years. I used to go all the time. But the Niners are the Bob. When they in there, they produce. And so they were 17 points down, Whatever. And he just needed to know better. And so now he got to do better because he got clowned. Uh, He got clowned and he got clowned. I'm just laughing. I'm sitting here laughing. You go, Jamel. And brother, step.
3: (laughs) Well, um, one of the other reasons, one of the other reasons why uh, I wanted to go ahead um, and uh, play the extended, because I was only going to play just the first video uh, that uh, Jamail posted, uh, but I wanted to go ahead and I I, I, I wanted to rub it in further uh, because see this is what happens when you pledge this youth group? <laughs> see
11: uh,
3: uh, see 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 Jamel see the reason Jamel's husband don't know how to act right because he just crossed over. Uh, to that little youth group, uh, Omega sci-fi. So they ain't oh, the smartest people. They ain't the brightest bulb in a dark yeah, room. Uh, yeah, so yeah. It, it, anybody, it, anybody, look, anybody knows. anybody knows. Okay, this, this, see this right here. Why o- o- Omegas ain't 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 that bright? Okay, oh, yeah. all, right. all right. So the hey. the first the first the first. The fir, the fir, no, they not. They not. They not. They not. They ain't bright. So, you know I, I know, I know she love him, but, I mean, so, first of all, uh, Wood, you got 9,090 followers. Okay? You got 9,090 followers. Jamel got 841,000 on Instagram. You got 9,000. So, uh, that was kind of crazy uh, to make that bet because uh everybody now about to see all your videos uh and so including his lion brothers uh and so uh yeah i, I decided to add a little extra flavor to this just to go ahead and you know uh because anytime i get a smack in omega i'm happy
12: you wrong roland you wrong <laughs> you wrong wrong wrong, ah! wrong. Ah!
3: Anytime I get the smack of Omega, I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm wrong, but I'm so right. All right, y'all. So I, I'm here in Stewart, Florida, uh, to early on uh, the, the, uh, the Floridian Resort. Reggie Jackson had his uh, annual golf tournament, uh, Mr. October, supporting Mr. October Foundation. Uh, and so I did an interview with him, Acura officials. I'm going to have that later for you. Uh, but check this out, y'all. So, the winner of the golf tournament, this this, this is foul. This is foul. So, Houston rapper Travis Scott, all right, his team shot a 54. Y'all, they had Brooks Kepka on their team. The same Brooks Kepka who's won several major golf championships. First <laughs> of all, they should have been disqualified from actually uh, winning the tournament. They won with a 54. They won with a 54, Uh, and when the when the tournament was over, uh, Travis came to collect his award. And so uh, I decided to hit him with a few questions uh, in the uh, in the uh, in the new in the news conference.
16: That's what you gotta do. You gotta find your balance. You gotta find your strengths. You know what I mean? There's no such thing as weaknesses. So what specifically did you do? You know what I mean? All you gotta do is make par a couple holes. <laughs> and when you got people like Brooks, you got people like Kyle, you got people like Reggie, Dave on your back end. I'm like, I'm no. sorry, Brooks, Reggie Saunders, and we got Reggie Jackson just making sure the commission, holding it down from the top end. I'm sorry, you said you Brooks, Brooks. Kopeka. Oh,
3: so you had a damn PGA Pro uh,
16: major winner. Yeah, no, but we call him, we call him on this side. Oh, okay. We <laughs> Okay. Because through these woods, that's all we doing. we chipping and knocking shit down on this side. <laughs> the contribution from everybody. Um, and, and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm overly thankful, man. You know, um, I don't really receive a lot of awards and today to go out there and win them. It's, it's a good heartfelt win, and a good team win, so we're going we gonna to take this down for for everybody here. This your first golf well, trophy? Um, This is my first golf trophy. No, no, we, went, we won one last year. We did. two No, 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 yeah. no. we won that one two years ago, second
3: place. on Saturday. But y'all took it home, but you, you didn't say, win it. So, <laughs> it wasn't that one, you dig what I'm saying? And today
16: we got this one. Yes, and this one right here is the one that really matters right here. Um, yeah, I'm about to go celebrate with this. Um, a couple cacti, some some you know what I mean? Anybody's a killer of the choice, just meet me at the bar. Um, Reggie Jackson, thank you for having everybody coming to this right here. Um, Miss October Foundation, um, separate line, a good competing, man. Anything that can be done for a cause, as always. A1 book, so, so you're coming back next year to defend. Oh yeah, we come back next year to defend in the year after that and the year after that. You know what I'm saying? Once you get one, oh you gotta hold on to it forever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, so we're gonna take this, break this down on ESPN. We got the analysts and all the replay videos we're gonna have that for y'all tomorrow. So um yeah, we love y'all, man. Um <laughs> peace and good night. <laughs> Make
2: sure
3: Oh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, About $900,000 was raised for the Mr. October Foundation. Uh, So we had a great, great time. And so they're certainly uh, doing a lot of great educational things. Uh, It was Hall of Famers all over uh, the golf course today. Uh, Jeff Bagwell, uh, Mike Schmidt, George Brett, uh, Johnny Bench, uh, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Lawrence Taylor, Dr. J, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, Uh, I mean, just, uh, all, uh, Andre Dawson, Ozzy Smith, uh, my man Warren Moon from H-Town. Uh, then of course, uh, they had, uh, oh, oh, Nick Saban was here as well. I had other greats, uh, 50 Cent um 50 cent slim thug bun b uh as well as dave chappelle so we had a great great time so i'll be uh posting a lot of those photos on social media uh, for y'all to check out uh and let, let me give a last shout out here folks so you know over the weekend uh i was um uh saturday i was in toledo uh, University of Toledo, uh, speaking uh, at a conference there, I had a fabulous, fabulous time uh, speaking to uh, the, those young men and women. Uh, it was the I'm, I'm going to get the actual name right for y'all, so just give me a second. Uh, it was it was the uh, the 40th annual Toledo Excel Conference for Aspiring Minority Youth. Uh, more than fourteen hundred people uh, were there. I also moder- I gave a keynote speech and I also moderated. Uh, a Q&A with Black Thought uh, about his new book. Uh, so they're going to be sending me the video. We're going to be live streaming that. It's gonna be, we're going to be re-streaming that on the Black Star Network. And so we look forward uh, to doing that. And so this is, uh, they gave me uh, this hoodie. They gave me a hat as well, but uh, this is the hoodie they gave me. So I decided to rock it uh, for today's show. So I appreciate that. Uh, uh, the, the, the alpha showed up and showed out there as we always do. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, it was great. And so let me shout out, uh, David Young, who is the director of the Toledo Excel and special projects. And of course he's an alpha man. You can't, you got Excel in the name, you know, some alphas involved and would not omegas all right y'all that's it for me renita omakongo julian i appreciate y'all being on today's panel folks i am back in studio tomorrow so look forward to seeing you in the Black Star Network studios. Folks, do me a favor, support us in what we do. Uh, it's so many great things that we do. Uh, and also, first of all, let me thank the folks in Honda Accra uh, for bringing me in. Like I say, we'll be chatting with them. Uh, and I look forward to having them as a partner right in the Black Star Network. So, um, I'm trying to work that thing out. Uh, and so, uh, be sure to support us in what we do, folks. Uh, we had, uh, again, we are doing the things that other people simply are not doing. They're not talking about. They're not sharing these things With you, uh, so that's why we do what we do. Uh, and so please, our goal is to get twenty thousand of our fans contributing on average fifty bucks each It'll raise a million dollars to offset uh, what we uh, do. We also, of course, uh, we also, of course, um, uh, trying to go after these advertising dollars. These agencies are not cooperating at all, giving us a bunch of BS excuses. Uh, one of them, it'll be three years in May since we start meeting with them, and not a single dime has come our way in those three years. And they, re- this agency represents billions, billions of dollars of various companies. And so, uh, if they don't get a move on it, I'm gonna publicly call them out, and then I'm gonna name the companies that they actually are responsible for. So those companies know how that agency is treating Black-owned media. So just letting y'all know that. All right, folks, so uh, send your check and money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196, Cash App, Dollar Sign, RM Unfiltered, PayPal, RM Martin Unfiltered, Venmo's RM Unfiltered, Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com, Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Be sure to watch our 24-hour streaming channel. We are available on Amazon News, so go to Amazon Fire. You can also say Alexa, play news from the Black Star Network. You can check us out on Plex TV, Amazon Freebie, and Amazon Prime Video. And be sure to get a copy of my book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Available at bookstores nationwide, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, Books A Million. Download the audio version on Audible. Folks, that's it. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Holland. Black
16: Star Network is Oh, no punches! I'm real uh, revolutionary right now. Uh, thank you for being the voice of Black America. All the momentum we have now.
7: We have to keep this
17: going. The video looks phenomenal. See, there's the difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your
11: eyeballs home, you dig?